This is we. This is our eighty-first episode, Kyle. Eighty one. I've never actually paid attention on this show, so I, I don't know, know you how haven't. things go. <laughs> I know you haven't. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast. This week on another releases-focused episode, we check out some incredible releases from foundries producing fonts of all sizes. I'm Kyle Reed, along with my good friend, your Interrogang co-host, and a man with sturdy proportions and a deep character set, Joshua Dick. Hi, Josh. Oh, wow. I should have had you write my acting resume. That would have... I just need that on a sheet of paper. <laughs> you probably been would have lot gotten... Better. Only a little bit further than you already have. Well, then they would have seen me and seen me act and realized what a great liar I am. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, man. Well, let's go. These are the releases from week 44, 2023. So, yes, that's right, everyone. We are taking a moment to appreciate even more of the releases that have hit our highlight reels over the last week or so, because there are just too darn many to cover in one show alone. Today, I wanted to order the releases in a specific way, by size. Small or large, a release is a release. And it's important to remember that in the world of type economics, done and out is better than perfect and kept to yourself. So these releases today are ranging from small to large, each one just as impressive as the other. Here we go. Let's hit it. At the smaller end of the spectrum, we have Ono Type Co., who published Gantry in their new drawer shop. Here's the story of Gantry from Ono themselves. Quote, A gantry is an overhead carriage that serves as a mobile platform for industrial equipment. On a CNC router, the gantry is the part that has the router mounted to it. Routers can't drill square holes, so CNC machinists use a design technique called dog bones to make pieces fit together. Those weird sorts of negative shapes are what inspired gantry. Yeah, so those dog bones... Uh, make for another truly unique release from Ono. Man, you really can get inspiration from anything, can't you? That is, that's really quite, <laughs> it's, it's really quite yes. inspiring that it can be, you can be getting your next big idea from anywhere. The overhead carriage that serves as a movable platform for industrial equipment. Oh, yep. my next font. You know what? There you go. Next font. <laughs> That's true. I mean, type design inspiration can come from anywhere, especially hobbies. I know that uh, James Edmondson at Ono has a CNC router in his uh, garage studio. Um, And looking at these things all the time, you know, I'm sure he was inspired to turn it into type. You know, when you're a type designer, you're translating everything into how does this work in type design? It just feels like he'll never run out of ideas. At this point, yeah, I don't see an end to that. (laughs) Uh, Well, Gantry is actually a family of five fonts available now through the Ono drawer. It's purely for fun and a real masterstroke of type design, too, balancing the cold machine source of design rules with a warm, charming personality. Uh, This is one for playing around with for all of you designers out there. Yeah, you know, Ono's new drawer is really quite dangerous. And we've all (laughs) met people. We've all met people with dangerous drawers. But beside the point, <laughs> yes. I mean, oh no, Typeco was already putting out some of the the most wacky and crazy stuff out there. This is now an excuse to show us the wacky and crazy of the wacky and crazy, and that is yeah. that's going to be fun. I mean, again, I was 
we were talking about the the inspiration. I mean, we're seeing a wave of these labs of these excuses mm -hmm. to show off either unfinished or in progress, like future fonts, or just I think this is cool, but I don't know if anyone else will. Here, take a look. Just different ideas. We're seeing that a lot, and it's very it's fun for me that Ono is one of those foundries that wanted to get on this this platform because I think their stuff was already yeah expanding and and boundary pushing and excellent but also just having fun well now here it's doubling down on that yeah yes so gantry itself i think is a very exemplary of that yeah. where yeah it's a legit typeface but man dangerous indeed because we get to <laughs> see even more of of ono's brain come out yeah Next up, we have Ephemera Fonts, who published Osbert on their site this week. Osbert is a font inspired by old tin labels with a cool modern twist. As you would expect from a foundry named Ephemera Fonts, Osbert is quite ephemeral, giving an old-world appearance reminiscent of the days of artistic printing and elaborate packaging. Osbert is a narrow typeface with flared serifs and diagonal bars that cement its positioning as old-fashioned reinvented in truth. This world of ephemeral fonts have been popular for a while now, always existing mm -hmm. on the outskirts of the font landscape. But there have been so many really great releases and foundries putting out fonts in this category Yeah, that I'm curious if it's time for us to make a formal genre out of this ephemeral font world. Yeah. I think before now, we would ha we've classified uh, fonts just in the decorative or old-fashioned old space. Old-fashioned, yeah, yeah. This is... Yeah, this is just different, you know? Right. Like, they're not revivals. They they have a ephemeral air to them. So they yeah. all comment on the old-fashioned inspired with a modern twist. That's, yes. that's at least their description consistently. That's the line. Whatever yeah. you might make of that. But that's the distinction that, that yeah, there needs to be a, a genre distinction there. Totally. Yeah, so we have ephemeral fonts. Uh, Cantrell type, who launched recently, we've covered. Uh, Beasts of England, Retro mm -hmm. Type Supply. Um, and many, many more. Uh, we've they've all been publishing fonts filled with character, personality. Uh, I think it's certainly time to give them a fresh new look. Mm -hmm. So Osbert uh, lands is a family of fifteen fonts, so getting larger in our releases. Uh, it's five weights of three optical sizes. So yeah, you can use it in display all the way down to text, and it, it is rigorously built for that as well. And these ephemeral fonts, this ephemeral genre, isn't just an experiment at this point either it, yeah osbert has a lot of excellent details that bring that old-timey tin feeling that they're explaining mm -hmm. um the flared serifs are very subtle very pointed but very expertly crafted there's a lot of uh neat angles created in these letter forms there are very smart uses of of spurs and little accents here and there on the the letter yes, forms right and and it all does bring about that old-timey feel and like you're saying this this wave i do feel like we're seeing a lot of intent to bring old-fashioned old-timey feel to a new digital font release mm. and I, my question is do, is is there a need for old-timey is there a <laughs> have we all desired a a old western feel to our our design projects that that warrants all of these fonts. I'm not seeing yeah. the usage yet catch up with right. the release of all these styles. 
Yes, yeah, true. This might be a case of trying to make fetch happen. You know, it's like <laughs> put it out there and try to get everybody onto this wave of, of using these fonts. Make old timey tin fetch happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I imagine it will take down the road. It's like people will use fonts that are published. Yeah. And if they continue to be published in the numbers that we're seeing now, ah, it's only a matter of time before we we see the character of this ephemeral yeah. genre leak into popular culture. It's just funny, and I have no no numbers or, or stats on this, but it feels like yeah. old-fashioned very recently meant like Roman style, mm. old like stone carving style. And now old-fashioned means you saw it in the Wild Wild West. How bizarre <laughs> that we feel the need for the Wild Wild West now. Maybe we're just all getting older, Josh. What's Well, was once... I don't think there's any maybe about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, well. Let's move up the size ladder now to name Mono, a typeface that has freshly arrived on the Future Fonts platform. Fresh off the graduation of Aerotype's flagship Name Sans, the Foundry is returning to the Future Fonts development process for Name Mono. Name Mono is developed specifically as a monospace typeface for code. But finding a few moments to bring some levity and warmth, like in the noodly italics, the italic I, mm-hmm. L, and X, uh, these are all lowercase, are particularly fun uh, with an extra little jive built in. I love the little <laughs> spur detail. It's a convention that I haven't seen too many times in mono fonts. It's a little like extra stroke on the heel of, mm-hmm. of those letter forms that extend to the left. It's not the first typeface to use this detail uh, but name mono really embraces this I, i'm still calling it spurred bass stroke and perhaps spur isn't the right title here it gives a little indication of a like a handwritten style within the mono sure yeah like a little space. upstroke perhaps yeah. yeah a stroke sense yeah yeah either way it's it's kind of novel and yeah. um it, i i appreciate it i think it's it's a cool detail that I guess wouldn't really be noticed by most, but it gives it that extra little bit of difference. This version 0.1 release uh, starts off with five of nine total weights. So there's already a lot to love. You could argue that name mono does a lot of what other monospace fonts already do, and you'd have a strong case. But this project is about expanding the name system for aerotype and for future fonts too. Right. Name Sans is becoming a big player in the core Sans market. So a mono further projects it down that path. Um, it's an interesting justification for making more fonts into mono-based fonts, uh, something that we've seen a lot of this year. Um, we continue to see a, a boom in monospace translations of regular Sans fonts. Yeah. So, yeah, can Name Mono live up to the job of bolstering one of the biggest families Aerotype has ever produced? Uh, right now, I'd say it's on the right track. Yeah. It's getting hard to not argue that a new mono version of an existing font is, isn't doing what other monospace fonts are doing. Because as you yeah, say, right. we're just seeing so many translations into... Innovation in monospace is, is getting fewer and fewer. And yeah. I don't see any reason not to, but I don't think it's necessarily right to expect them to be grand and new and innovative it is simply a translation that said i do think name mono should be commended for its boldness 
with mm-hmm. those italics. I, I, italics in the monospace to me always seems like a recipe for disaster and, <laughs> and can just be totally superfluous. It could be completely unnecessary. Yeah. But when you have it and when you have it acutely designed, I think there's, there's a lot of great use for it in, in the mono world, in the coding world. So totally. it's nice to have, and it's nice when it is done with care like it's done here. And that, I do think, should be noted as a, as a real advancement in the monospace. Yeah, absolutely. The opportunity for innovation in the monospace world is in the italics. Not a lot of people include them. So you can get a little weird. You can get a little squirrely. Uh, yeah. And the monospace and why not? constraint forces you into a lot of really cool solutions right. that you probably wouldn't have installed if it wasn't monospace. So, yeah, I, I think there it's always worth it to go down the road of building a monospace version of your SANS because it's you know the potential is there to find something new about it. And don't forget, as Kyle calls it, to add a, a little extra jive. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're into. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, we are making a huge leap in size to one of the biggest type families that's ever been produced. Yes, that is a big claim. Mm -hmm. Sharp Type published its largest typeface collection to date with Sharp Grotesque Global. When Global is in the name, you know it's going to be a large family. Yeah, you got to put up or shut up. Yeah. Sharp Grotesque is already a superfamily of sorts, undoubtedly doing numbers as Sharp Type's flagship Sans product. Uh, but this week, they announced the expansion of this family to include an equal amount of typographic support for extensions in Greek, Cyrillic, Hangul, and Thai. Amazing. Finally, a Latin variable font rounds out their collection. Uh, Sharp Type says this it says, Uh, What began as a hand-drawn lettering poster in 2011 is arguably our most versatile typeface, endlessly adaptable and scalable, end quote. Mm -hmm. Uh, The endlessly, I think, is the word that I would emphasize in that phrase. The range of widths and weights uh, here is immense, with 12 weights and 7 widths in the Roman, both Roman and Italic styles, per writing system. Mm Mm-hmm. They've worked with a large field of collaborators uh, to build out this typeface. So it's undoubtedly been going on for a long time, but the amount of input and effort from many, many people to make this system as robust for each language system or writing system uh, is certainly impressive. Grand total here, we're talking 294 fonts, which I may be actually wrong about the this being their largest type collection to date, I think it ties for their Trois-Mille family at 294. trois is huge. So yeah. it, <laughs> but this is where it, it, it keeps going crazy because uh, this is really just the beginning. Type, Sharp Type ends their description of this typeface with this line. They say, it's the culmination of years of work and it's a prelude for what's to come at Sharp Type. Okay. Ooh, there's this ominous like <laughs> statement at the end, which makes me think 294 fonts is not the end point, it's the beginning. How do you grow a typeface collection that's already at you know, almost 300 fonts? Right. I have no idea, but it sounds like Sharp Type does. Um, I love the global approach here as well. It's just uh, a globally minded typeface is the one that's going to sell the most and it's going to have the most impact. And that's a theory that is yet to be proven, but they are really going for it. Yes, it does beg the question, is Sharp Type going for global domination? 
and uh, yeah. you have no reason to say no right now. It's worth asking the question. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this does feel like that long-lost superfamily. We've talked about mm -hmm. how we're not seeing a whole lot of superfamilies. We're seeing a lot more in the mold of the three fonts we started this episode with. Yeah. That are 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 much more modest in their total font size. But here's, I mean, sharp type with this and several of their other fonts are out there saying, no, 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 long live the super family. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's interesting that I also think what they're doing is blurring the line between what variable technology is providing us to, because the, mm -hmm. the main thing that gets their font numbers up are these very distinct width sizes that they don't even yeah. bother to name. They number them because yep. they are so... There's so much minutia between each width, which is not common uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of, of modern releases. Sure. And it it really is, if you just took any of their static fonts, you would be able to, uh, you'd essentially have a variable array in mm -hmm. front of you. To then add a variable font on top of this is where they become <laughs> infinite. They become, yeah. they become gods with the... The variable font because they've already provided you with all of those those bus stops along the way yeah. in their static yes, fonts. Right. So the the size is definitely impressive because they are providing these tailored static fonts, but the possibilities, as as they say, are endless. Are endless. Yeah, that's a really good point, Josh. It's it's a strategy move from Sharp Type right. to include an ability or a way into all these global systems at the bus stop level, as you put it, just you know, at <laughs> yeah. the 794 out of a thousand mark, or you can get the variable font and do the whole range, but it's accessibility. It's accessibility it for me. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's so cool. Like I think more type foundries can capitalize on variable fonts to, to bring in a little bit more accessibility. Um, right as a product as a as a type product well, and the accessibility comes from providing a wide range of static fonts because as yeah. as we know variable fonts put the onus on the designer to find what they want if you're also providing a, a wide a large menu and you can tailor it if you so choose that gives the user the most yeah functionality and that that is the big that is the thumbs up that is the seal of approval I give to sharp type. Uh, I also wanted to touch on with this uh, release the idea that um, this isn't the only global font out there. We're seeing a huge wave of other type foundries of equal size to yes. sharp type. Some are smaller, some a little larger. Start to add this idea of a global product to their repertoire. This was the most recent list that we published on the concierge uh, of global fonts. Yes, uh, where we highlight, um, yeah, uh, uh, quite a few uh, foundries that have been putting out these kinds of typefaces with massive character support and language support for lots of different global systems. It's a trend that I think we're going to continue to see uh, evolve, and uh, it takes collaboration, it takes foresight and planning, and some real marketing. But Type foundries these days are, are up for that challenge. And I think that's what designers are really looking for is uh, an even more expansive tool than just covering a Latin 
typeface. Yes. Um, yeah. you know, your typeface can be the window to your business expanding to different markets. And I think type foundries know this. And I think designers know this. And I think corporate entities are starting to pick up on this. So all of these fonts here, the global fonts yeah. from quite a few foundries are there to su supply the moment. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Sharp Grotesque Global uh, and any of the other global fonts, but maybe a new space race in the economics of type. Could be. Know. And to bring it back yeah. to this idea of size of release, if you are a foundry that has the capability to be releasing at large sizes, super families, mm -hmm. perhaps, it is not simply adding a lot of weights, adding a lot of widths. It is taking right. into account the internationality of type and yeah. and the global the global axis on the multivariate yes. that is <laughs> creating a font superfamily that is now <laughs> uh, and has always been but is is even growing in importance as becoming yep. the next step the next frontier towards potentially a space race yeah fun oh it's fascinating stuff <laughs> yeah good it's it's very very cool well, that's it for this week's Intera Gang. This episode was edited by Andrew Spears, who also provides most of the original music you hear on our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The Intera Gang is a production of the Proof & Co. Podcast Network, along with our new podcast, Typecraft. Links to all the digital products we have to offer can be found in our episode notes. Follow us on that social media app that you once dated and now has become your ex at proof underscore and underscore co on instagram at proofco.xyz or drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz if you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future interrogang or if you are a person with dangerous drawers we'd love to hear from you and if you're enjoying the podcast and of course we hope you are you can support the podcast for as little as three dollars a month by following the link in our episode notes your support helps us expand what Proof & Co. and the Intera Gang have to offer. As always, thanks for being a part of the Intera Gang. We will see you next time. A typeface that has, a fresh, that has freshly arrived on the Future Flan... The Future Flan platform. <laughs> future Flans! Uh. <laughs> I put my font on Future Flans. Future Flans platform. All right, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> Unless it was fine. <laughs> we'll leave that up to Andrew. <laughs>